You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked on Rooms. Spotify Green Room, it's changing the way we talk sports. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson, coming to you here on Friday, September 10th, 2021. Phillies coming on, or last night, I should say, Phillies losing a game to the Colorado Rockies by a score of 4-3. to three. The Phillies now losers of four of their last six. They have once again evened out the six-game winning streak they had there at the end of August and then carrying over in the month of September as they went to Washington and won the last three of that Arizona Diamondbacks series. And now with just 22 games left to play, the Phillies find themselves three and a half games back in the National League East. You take a look at the wild card there, once again, three and a half games back, a few more teams to jump. But with 22 games left, a record of 71 and 69, as they blow yet another opportunity, and we're going to get to all of that uh, in today's show. I'm going to you know, start with kind of my takeaway of the week of Phillies baseball that it has been. We'll get into last night's game and the ridiculously good season that Bryce Harper is having, as well as preview the weekend that is coming up ahead. So that's kind of the structure and the layout for what's coming at you. But I wanted to start with last night's game and really just what's been going on recently with the Phillies in general. And what I've been seeing out of this baseball team is not anything new. First of all, the Phillies had the Rockies down to their final strike last night. One strike away. And a hanging off speed pitch by Ian Kennedy right over the meat of the plate, result in a home run in the ninth inning, taking the lead, it was Ryan McMahon for the Rockies, by the way. It was a curveball right over the middle of the plate, gets smashed over the fence, Rockies take a 3-2 lead. Sam Hilliard rips a fastball 434 feet, or four, yeah, I believe it was 434 feet stat cast. Got that ball out, over the fence. The damage is done. The Phillies would get a run back in the ninth inning. But a missed opportunity to what at one point in the night, one point in the night I should say, seemed like an opportunity to gain a game on the Atlanta Braves as they were losing to the Washington Nationals. The fortunes entirely turn. They blow this game, lose by a score of 4-3, to three, first of a four-game series. The Braves rally back to beat the Washington Nationals were just dreadful. I mean, even the Phillies and everyone beats up on the Washington Nationals. They win in walk-off fashion in extra innings. And it's nights like last night and sequences like we've been seeing over the past couple of weeks here with the Phillies. You date back to August when they were on the eight-game winning streak. Why I refuse to buy into this team as a team who will win the National League East. I said earlier in an earlier episode, and I've kind of I think what I've arrived at is that my confidence level that this team will make the playoffs or win the National League East is at about a three, right? I said at the beginning of September that if you told me two, three games out behind the Braves, would you sign up for this at the beginning of September at the start of the season? 
Absolutely, I would have signed up for it. But you know what? I've seen this team go through patterns. Day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. It's a pattern. This team goes through hot streaks and reverts back to the mean, which is right above, just barely above a 500 team, if not exactly a 500 team, for a team that has sat there 24 separate times over the course of the season. I refuse to buy into this team making the playoffs because of nights like last night, because of stretches like this where even when they have a favorable schedule, even when they are playing teams like the Miami Marlins, who are light years out of playoff contention, they go down and lose two of three, as they always seem to do in Miami. And by the way, they have to finish the season there at the end of the year. And then you have a game against the Colorado Rockies. Totally winnable game. The night before, you're going to have to go to yet another bullpen game. And again, we'll preview that coming up, what's headed for Citizens Bank Park on Friday. Against a Rockies team that is so far out of playoff contention, they're just trying AAA guys at this point. The Phillies had a chance to win a game against a team like that. And the offense stagnant for much, much of the night. Again, Bryce Harper getting the offense going with yet another home run, another first-inning home run, but a solo shot nonetheless. Phillies get a run on a fielder's choice in the sixth and then one bounce-back run in the ninth. This offense is not good or consistent enough, and quite frankly, even with that, the Phillies had a chance to win a game 2-1 to one in the ninth inning and were a strike away and let the Rockies come back and win this game. This team invents and finds new ways each and every day to just flat out be disappointing and really to show a lack of consistency where you say they don't deserve to be a playoff team. And at the end of the year, when all these records shake themselves out, I do not believe they're going to be a playoff team. And not because I'm trying to be some huge negative Philadelphia sports fan or personality. here. That's not what this is. If I believe this team was going to make the playoffs, I would say it. But I'm sitting here, Phillies three and a half games out, 22 games left to play. Sure, they can do it. The mathematical path is certainly there if this team were to turn on the switch. But what makes anyone believe? And by the way, if you do believe this, I would love to hear from you, either in the comments of the podcast, hit me up on Twitter, at Dan underscore Wilson 4, the podcast at LO underscore Phillies, DM, tweet me, whatever you got to do to get in touch. I would love to know if you truly believe this Phillies team will make the postseason. And if you do truly believe that, why do you truly believe this Phillies team will make the postseason? What makes you so confident other than, hey, look, they have an easy schedule even though they find ways to blow games to the Colorado Rockies and they consistently lose series in Miami. And I know the Brewers are a tough team, but they had a chance to steal a series from them after winning game one and then gave up games two and three after a huge offensive outpouring in that day game to start the series. And I I know I'm dating back a few weeks here, but they got swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks. This team hardly, hardly, hardly takes advantage enough of the good opportunities in front of them when they could benefit from it. How many nights did I come on here after and say, well, the Braves lost, they had a chance to make up a game on them, and they didn't? The Phillies now lead all of Major League Baseball. They've reached the 30s. It's now 30. 
in blown saves this season for a bullpen that is vastly improved from what it is a year ago. And sure, there's some fault in that number. There have been multiple blown saves in the same game. But to blow that many saves, to blow that many chances, to just be in the driver's seat and win games that, frankly, you shouldn't because the offense should be scoring more than two runs in the first eight innings against the Colorado Rockies, you still had a chance to win the game, and you gave it right back. And man, oh man, how disappointing has this team been? And I know I've pointed out all the flaws in individual players. Again, this particular night, it was Ian Kennedy. JT Realmuto looks like a mere shell of himself at the plate recently. He had another big strikeout in this game. Had a big at-bat the other night against the Brewers as well. That was costly in that game. But I want to know, is there anyone out there who truly believes this Phillies team will make the playoffs? Because I was sitting there watching baseball on Thursday night. Phillies strike away, lose, Braves rally back and saying, that's the team who's going to win the NL East. That's the team who was going to win the National League East all along. The team that was going to win all along as they rope-a-doped the Phillies and the Mets, and they had their fun. The Mets were in first place for a while. The Phillies took over first place in August. And then the Braves, who are the four-time defending divisional champs, so they're on a run similar to what the Phillies saw in 2007 to 2011. The only thing they're missing is the championship which is obviously the biggest prize, and that's something separate for Braves fans and the Braves organization to hash out amongst themselves. But in terms of the National League East, the Braves have been the team to beat for years at this point, and the Phillies are going to squander not only a great opportunity because of how this division is going to shake itself out, as someone's going to win this division, likely the Atlanta Braves, in my opinion, mid-'80s win total. Very winnable for this year's Phillies team. Not only are they going to waste that, they're going to waste an MVP caliber season from Bryce Harper. They are going to waste time in, time out opportunities where they have leads late in games, just like the year 2020. Games where you have runners on base and you have an inability to score them. Games where you're playing teams who are far below your skill level. And you still cannot consistently get it done. That's what makes this so, just makes you want to drive your head straight into a wall. Is because you believe they can do it, but they never do it on a consistent enough basis. And I just can't emotionally buy into this team making the playoffs. I never really have, not for much of the season. When I see nights like this, they're running out of time. Again, 22 games left. It's statistically there. The run is statistically there. They have a stretch here, 16 games remaining against the Rockies, the Cubs, the Mets, the Orioles, and the Pirates. Teams who, on Thursday, entering Thursday, all entered Thursday with either records of 500 or below, and the Mets were the only team who was 500, and they actually lost on Thursday. So now, now as we sit here on Friday morning, every single one of those teams has a losing record. And you're saying to yourself, what, the Phillies need to win at least 11 or 12 just to put themselves in contention for that final week against the Braves, against the Marlins? And by the way, would you even feel good about them going into that final Marlins series neck and neck with the Atlanta Braves? They might need, at this rate, to sweep the Braves just to give themselves a shot and then go to 
everyone's favorite ballpark unless you're the Philadelphia Phillies in Lone Depot Park in Miami to finish the season needing to win some big games down there. I don't see it. And frankly, I have already in my head said that the Atlanta Braves are going to win the National League East as they rally back to beat the Nationals, which again is no accomplishment. The Phillies beat up on the Nationals all the time. But even given the schedule, even given what we've done up to this point, even though I would have signed up for this scenario entering September, I don't think the Phillies are going to be a playoff team in the year 2021. More of the Locked on Phillies podcast coming right up. But first, I have to tell you about NetSuite. Slow is just right if you're on vacation. A sloth or describing QuickBooks. More like slow books. It sucks and it slows you down with manual processes integration difficulties, and glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Now is the time to make the switch to NetSuite. Buy Oracle, the number one financial system, because NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and choose your books in no time, no matter how big your business grows. Failing to switch to NetSuite will leave you stuck to make sense of your books, while your competitors, they sprint ahead. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control since making the switch over to NetSuite. And right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Head to the NetSuite.com slash locked on right now. Get special financing at NetSuite.com slash locked on. NetSuite.com slash locked on. Also have to tell you about Built Bar you know the Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors by now, well, you're certainly missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. They have, if you haven't tried all the flavors by now, you can get that mixed box where you'll get two of each of those nine flavors. Save when you save uh, yourself some health implications, right? They're healthy is the biggest deal with Built Bar. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Go to Built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. One last time, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So I wanted to get into more of, well, last night's game specifically, as well as the season that Bryce Harper is having. Again, top bottom of the first inning, Bryce Harper leading it off, well, not leading it off, but in his first at-bat, I should say, with a home run solo shot. They made it one to nothing. Ranger Suarez was going in this game, and you remember in his last start, he had to exit prematurely of what many people thought was a correct move by Joe Girardi uh, after just 71 pitches because of what they described as arm fatigue, what the team described as arm fatigue. He was good for six innings, one run, 96 pitches in this game. So when I talk about missed opportunities with this team, again, day before a bullpen game, Ranger Suarez, who was in your bullpen earlier in the year, and you've stretched out into a starting pitcher and really a bright spot that no one saw coming on this team, on a night where he gives you a really, really solid start, turns it over to your bullpen for a Jose Alvarado, eight-pitch clean seventh inning, Hector Neris, who was turned into the best reliever on the team, quite frankly, recently. Wouldn't be surprised if he ends up moving back into the closer's role, even though I think ideally he works best as a setup man. Certainly seems like he's better outside of the ninth inning. If Ian Kennedy continues to struggle, and again, his ERA since coming over to the Phils 
659, not great as he allows three runs in just two and a thirds inning pitch. Couldn't get out of the jam uh, against the Colorado Rockies, allowing back-to-back home runs, blowing the game for the Phils. Hector Naris has been really, really stellar. Jose Alvarado, again, gives you a super clean inning. You wasted things that at the beginning of the season, if you said Ranger Suarez gave you a six-inning start, Jose Alvarado gave you a clean inning, and Hector Naris gave you a super clean inning, you absolutely need to find a way to win that game. Well, the offense was stagnant for much of this. As I mentioned, they got a bottom-of-the-sixth inning fielder's choice from Brad Miller, and then in the ninth inning, it was a ground out from Didi Gregorius that got another run in. But the offense, these lineups that they're putting out, and you can't even fault Joe Girardi for them because he's made a number of switches into who the leadoff guy should be, who to bat in front of Bryce, who to bat behind Bryce. It, there's just unfortunately not enough talent in this offensive lineup. They're certainly missing Reese Hoskins. It's not going to be the reason they missed the playoffs, but it's not helping the fact that Bryce Harper seems like he's hitting alone out there. And I still can't even believe that opposing managers are giving him anything to hit at this point because it seems like the only source of offense that the Phillies really have going here. And whenever they get a big inning going, those seem to be few and far between. So Phillies lose this one 4-3, but just more on the Bryce Harper kind of notion for a little second here. Bryce Harper, as we sit here on Friday morning, is the highest OPS in the National League East, uh, nearly a full .2 points above Fernando Tatis Jr. Again, Harper's OPS, 1.012, Tatis, uh, 0.994. Now, the two of these guys have both missed time due to injury this season. I think at this point, one of them is going to be your National League MVP. Again, Juan Soto's had a pretty good season as well. He has uh, missed some time in there also. So at this point, I think it's going to come down to who actually has the most production on the field. Now, what it might boil down to, and it's really a shame that it might boil down to this, is the fact that the Nationals certainly not going to make the playoffs. The Phillies, in my opinion, not going to make the playoffs. The Padres, at the very least, do seem like they're going to at least be in contention right up until the end for a wild card spot. If the season ended today, they would hold that second wild card spot and would play one game playoff against the Dodgers, which would be an incredibly intense game as a baseball fan to see. I don't think playoffs or if you're in the playoffs should have much to do with MVP voting. I think we see it happen a lot. Like, can this guy lead this team to the playoffs? When this Phillies team, in my opinion, does not make the playoffs, not going to be on the back of Bryce Harper. I mean, it's amazing how good this guy has been. Not even an all-star in the year 2021. Yeah, it was a whole thing. It was kind of funny how he said he wouldn't have played in the all-star game anyway. Don't really believe you, Bryce, but that's okay. You can tell yourself that you didn't want to play in that game. I think he it would have been cool to see him play in the all-star game. The only offensive player that the Phillies had was Real Muto, who has really fallen off here at this point. Now, Harper, after having, again, obviously not a bad first half, because it's good enough to, for to average, OPS is an average, right? To average out to the best offensive player uh, in terms of on-base and slugging percentage combined here in the month of September and when you average out the entire season. But the fact that he wasn't even considered a National League All-Star at that point, and rightfully so, I don't think he got snubbed or anything like that, and it's just gone on such a tear here in the second half, and it still doesn't even seem like it matters. Like, the Phillies are two games above 500. They were going on a little bit of a run before the All-Star break. I know it's the sport of baseball, or the game of baseball, whatever you want to call it, and it's not basketball. You know, you can't put the ball in your best player's hands every single time. But the fact that this Phillies offense remaining is so, like, remaining after Bryce or in this lineup 
is oftentimes so dreadful. And the starting pitching depth is just so dreadful that they have to go to bull, bullpen games once every five days and go to the bullpen for Ian Kennedy as your closer who gives up a game. This team has blown 30 saves over the course of the season. The fact that we're looking at all of those numbers in totality and saying, wow, Bryce Harper literally has a case to be the National League MVP and he's not going to get it, A, because Tatis probably his home run totals uh, are higher, his RBI totals are higher, and he's going to get into the playoffs, things that tend to factor in. The fact that Bryce Harper has the highest on-base plus slugging by a somewhat sizable margin here with about three weeks to go, and we're talking about a team, it doesn't even matter. Like Juan Soto, same thing in Washington. I don't know why any team is pitching to this guy. It's really disappointing because when you go out and sign a guy like Bryce Harper, the hope was that you sign him to a 13-year contract. You know the end of that contract is likely going to be a disaster. You're hoping to get big-time, prime-time years out of him on the front half. And this is who the Phillies signed him to be. You know, he has had good years up to this point, but we've never really seen him this good in a Phillies uniform. We haven't seen him legitimately in the MVP conversation this good in a Phillies uniform. And the fact that it might not even matter, that the Phillies are struggling to stay above the 500 marker and to keep a winning record, and the only reason they're in contention is because they're playing in the worst division in baseball, it's just flat-out disappointing. It's going to be flat-out even more disappointing, I think, when we look back years from now and how the Bryce Harper contract played itself out. And it's going to be disappointing when we look back at this season specifically because, realistically, I don't know if we'll ever see another Bryce Harper season like this again. I mean, you hope you do, but MVP seasons don't just get rattled off year after year after year. I mean, the true greats do it. But ask yourself, do you think Bryce Harper will play at this level next year or the year after that? And even if he plays at this level, if that apparently doesn't even matter to getting this team to the postseason, if they have such holes elsewhere up and down the roster then what good was signing him anyway? It's almost frustrating that they're wasting yet another prime year. I'm sure it frustrates him. And it's the kind of thing that ultimately leads to superstars like that in the modern-day era asking for a trade because they're just wasting the best years of their career in a place where they don't feel like they can win. And if I were Bryce Harper right now in Philadelphia, I would not feel like, well, even though we're in, in contention, or the Philly, if I'm talking like Bryce, if the Phillies are in contention right now, if they do not make the playoffs, as I suspect they won't here in the year 2021, uh, my frustration level would frankly be through the roof because the slack is just not being picked up elsewhere up and down the roster. Final segment of the Locked on Phillies podcast coming right up. You'll first have to tell you about betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to begin the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. And I hope you took advantage of the opening day super promo, where if you made a bet on the game last night between the Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, good game, by the way, went down right to the last second, Tom Brady leading the drive in the Buccaneers, getting the win over the Dallas Cowboys, which for my... Philadelphia Eagles listenership. Of course, always a good thing when those Dallas Cowboys lose. So 
Anyway, if you bet on that, your wager will be refunded. It was refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON to know we sent you. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. It means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together at DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content, it varies by package. Final segment here of the Locked on Phillies podcast is we preview tonight's game against the Colorado Rockies and really this entire series coming up. You know, I want to hear more and more about the Phillies' easy schedule uh, you need to take care of business against teams like the Colorado Rockies, who, again, 64-77 and 77 record. Uh, not exactly great season for the guys from Colorado. Fourth place in the National League West. Um, interestingly enough, they're still like 20 games above the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's how just dreadful they are. And the Phillies, of course, lost the season series to them. So nothing impossible. The Phillies, you have to go all the way back to the month of April when the Phillies lost two of three out there at Coors Field. Uh, of course, there was that game on Sunday when Joe Girardi inexplicably put in David Hale with the bases loaded, a lot of grand slam to Trevor Story. Phillies continue to struggle, have bullpen struggles against the Rockies in game one of this series. So on Friday, they have the bullpen game, which all the more reason that you would have hoped to get the win on Thursday. So we'll see. Joe Girardi actually managed a very good game, in my opinion, in the last bullpen game, and it worked out for the Phillies. So hopefully they can do that again on Saturday. It'll be Kyle Freeland going up against Zach Wheeler. Uh, so certainly a instance where Zach Wheeler uh, is pretty much always should have the pitching advantage. He's coming off a pretty solid start in Milwaukee. Only went six innings, but he really grinded nine strikeouts, five hits, no runs allowed in that game. So that'll be the Saturday game against Colorado. And then Sunday in the series finale, I uh, still don't believe there's a starter listed for that game. Uh, as of right now, the Phillies did, one thing I wanted to make mention of, the Phillies did move around the rotation a little bit. So as of right now, that would be Aaron Nola's spot in the rotation. Don't believe the Rockies have a starter scheduled as of yet. But the Phillies have kind of moved the rotation around here, and they have a few off days so that Zach Wheeler will pitch on the final day of the season. And you see teams do this who are in contention um, at this point in the year trying to get the most out of their workhorse ace which I think is interesting because that would mean that currently on the schedule, unless they add some additional manipulation to the rotation, the second to last day of the season in Miami will be a bullpen game. So certainly uh, some interesting uh, pitching going to come down the stretch here. Hopefully it starts this weekend against the Colorado Rockies. The Rockies generally a much worse team, just historically a much worse hitting team, as most teams are when you get them out of Coors Field. Did not matter in the ninth inning last night, the Phillies blowing that game in the ninth inning to them, losing 4-3. But need to find, I mean, the Rockies are a team you should win three or four from. They've already lost one. It just doesn't seem like the Phillies are in a position, statistically they're not in a position where you can just afford to split with teams like this. So hopefully 
Uh, the bullpen game goes well. Hopefully, Wheeler pitches well on Saturday, and Nola pitches uncharacteristically good for how he's been in the year 2021 on Sunday, and they figure out a way to win this series anyway. And again, interesting thing to note down the stretch of the season is how they manage Wheeler with that final day of the season and leading up to it. I hope the Phillies are still in contention on, final, on the final day of the season. I think they will be in contention entering that final week. The final day will be something else. They're going to need to play well in that Atlanta series, but for now it's just got to be one game at a time and beat the team that's in front of you because far too often the Phillies have shown an inability to do that here this season, uh, and yet they still have more chances between now and the 22 games remaining uh, during the course of this remaining schedule in September and then the first weekend of October. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Dan underscore Wilson four and the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Phillies. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcasts.